Balls are back. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. Oh, could be Wayne. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh. I love it, baby. Them orange britches. Something about them orange britches. Ball hit high in the air into right field. Going back to Sayre. And Tennessee can say hello with Column. A grand slam in the bottom of the ninth. You can't draw it up any better. We just won a basketball game, and we're very happy right now. I made up my mind. I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Yeah! Read it, did to do, and welcome into more important issues. It is Thursday, November 3rd. Landon, it is great to be a Tennessee volunteer. It's the best feeling ever. Like, I, I, it's funny, I was literally like, re, like reading some like news stuff on ESPN and like Kyrie Irving got suspended. And I know clue why, because literally all I think and, and care about is Tennessee football. Yeah, it's been a very weird, um, just year, I, I was telling. I, was, I think I've told you this. Just, uh, I normally, you know, I'm so dialed into fantasy football and and even like gambling. I just don't care as much because it's just so much fun. All my attention's here. I'm I'm sorry to anybody I'm in a fantasy football league with. I, I try to follow and do my best, but on Sunday I wake up, I watch highlights, I scroll Twitter, I scroll TikTok, I get on Facebook just to see what everyone's saying about the game, to, to get the tears from Kentucky fans, this year from Alabama fans. It's just so much fun. And to see on Tuesday night, everyone wants to be upset about Tennessee celebrating a, a, a number one ranking. And it's just funny because I think everyone's recognized, like it's week one, it's November 1st. It's, it's not – It's not. I mean, everyone wants to say, didn't y'all learn anything about baseball? I mean, I think everyone – for the most part, everyone has their fans, understands that this is a ranking, this isn't a trophy, but for Tennessee football to be where it's at, man, after just – after the the firing on January 21st, I believe, 2021, 35 players entering the portal, uh, the uncertainty, the I, – I, I will still say it, underwhelming hire of Josh Heupel. It, it, it was very underwhelming on the surface. Um and I think for any job, it's a a fit is a big piece of it. And Josh Heupel, like Tony Vitello, really just seems to enjoy where he's at. And that goes a long way in, in allowing you to be successful. And Josh Heupel obviously has um, proven the doubters wrong and, and um, just done a fantastic job. So there's a lot to celebrate. You're not done. You can't be done right now. You You're playing – Here's I said it this I said it this week Tennessee whether they ranked number one and I thought they should have been on Tuesday. You're playing for number one and you still are uh, Saturday. Yeah, and you're going to every week. But you did forget something when you said you, you wake up in the morning. You wake up and we piss excellence because baby we're number one. I don't think I've woken up half mass a single time this season. Yeah, so you definitely got to piss. <laughs> it's it's just a lot of fun. And but you got to be careful though when you, when you're pissing like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's definitely a sit, sit downer. Um, Six hundred forty-three days. I don't, I don't think that like it sounds like a large number, 
But when you're talking about a complete rebuild of a football program, and Tennessee isn't done yet. I don't think that roster – I mean, we know it. That roster is not to what it should be to compete for titles. And, damn it, here we are. <laughs> yeah, still building depth. And, and Hendon Hooker's obviously been phenomenal. But I don't think it's a stretch to say that as much as Josh Heupel and this team have needed Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker probably needed this team and Josh Heupel as well. He wasn't a, a world beater when he showed up. He wasn't Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Caleb Williams, and, and he's being mentioned with those names now that he's at Tennessee. Um, so as much as he's given this program, I think the program's uh, given their fair share back to, to Hendon Hooker's kind of a match made in heaven. I think every, I think all parties are happy with how it ended up, and I, I know I'm happy to have Hendon Hooker and um, – and then, you know, add, add a couple other guys in there, Brew McCoy that transferred in. I mean, Valus Jones is a good example, just very um, pedestrian, probably the right word, in his first mm-hmm. transfer year at Tennessee. And then a, a breakout year in, in his second year and helps him get drafted and um, playing pretty good at Chicago, uh, has a touchdown in his rookie year. And I think – I think the guys that have uh, been up, stayed a part of this program, um, come to be a part of this program, are very, very pleased with their decision. And um, I and I can't say enough about this football team, man. Just how competitive they are. They're they're level headed. They uh, they compete. I said competitive already. You get it. Um, I don't know how this season goes if they don't bow up in Pittsburgh. I don't know. And, and so for them to do that second week of the season didn't play their best game. I, I said it at the time, I didn't think that was their best game, and that's proven to be true. This season could look a lot different. So just credit to how these guys have fought. They fought at Pitt, fought at Florida, fought against Bama. Um, they fought, obviously, at LSU and against Kentucky, but maybe a little bit of a, an easier fight in that one. You kind of put them out first. So, yeah, I, I just I, – it's an easy team to root for. We talked about it with basketball and baseball over the last few years. This Tennessee football team is easy to root for this year. Love those guys. Yeah, 100%. We got people commenting in the chat. Um, if you do have any questions or comments, throw those in the chat. Um, Matt Rimmer said, best week of the year, boys. Absolutely. Matt, I love you. This week, but public enemy number one for you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Me and him have been uh, messaging back and forth. Uh, I, I like. I kind of like that I've, I've got a couple friends now that are opposing fans. It makes it a little bit more fun, especially when you're winning. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I'm able to get a leg up on Matt this year. Um, good dude. So hopefully I'm able to talk a little trash after Saturday night. And our friend Austin sent us a video of him smoking a, uh, I don't know, a, a cigarette. cigarette. <laughs> yes, cigarette um, out of, you know, he was in shambles in the shower, just sitting there in a wife beater smoking a cigarette, you know, like. Hopefully that wasn't in like a home he's showing. Um, hopefully that was his own home. <laughs> That's a good idea. I didn't think about that. I mean, I don't know if I would. Yeah, previous owners were smokers. I'm sorry. I I wonder if did his wife know he his wife didn't know he did that. His wife was out of the house for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we just told on him. So you're welcome. Hey, you're in the doghouse just like me. So so that's cool. Yeah, I I love it. Um, I, I. I'm fired up for this week. I know it's going to be a dogfight. I know it's going to be – I don't know. I said that about Kentucky and LSU, and it should have been uh, by all means. Tennessee just played really well those games, executed early, got them ahead. I think the same could be said for this game. It, but I think it's a dogfight for 60 minutes like like Georgia – or, excuse me, Alabama. Um, you can get ahead. This team's good enough. They're deep enough. They're uh, competitive enough. They're level-headed enough to stay in games. 
even if you get ahead. It's I, I don't see this being a, a blowout Georgia's way. I certainly don't see it being a blowout Tennessee's way. Um, and it's going to be an interesting, interesting one. Georgia's allowed 22 points on the year is their most. Um, I don't have their average in front of me, but 22 is the most they've allowed. Tennessee's averaging, Tennessee, Tennessee's averaging 49.8, I think, on the year, 49 point something. And the least they've scored is 34 in an overtime win over Pitt. So something's got to give in that sense. Um, excellent defense. Not as good as last year. Tennessee, excellent offense. It's going to truly be an exciting matchup. Georgia's best probably game right now, and it's by committee, is running the football. That's where Tennessee's strong suit is on the defensive side. I think it's a, a great matchup in the SEC East. And I'm not saying Tennessee football is the only thing that makes college football great when I say this, but when Tennessee's good, the, the SEC, the SEC East, and college football are just that much better because you get these Alabama-Tennessee matchups, Georgia-Tennessee matchup, Florida-Tennessee matchup. It just makes college football a little bit more inter interesting when those teams are good. Yeah, I mean, and it's hopping up to be the, the biggest game of the year so far for, you know, both teams, but college football in general. Mm -hmm. um, and it's crazy because, you know, I heard – I saw this on Twitter that th this is the biggest um, football game of Josh Heupel's coaching career. We've said that two or three times so far this season. Um and, and come, you know, depending on what happens, it's probably not the last time we say it. Yeah, and that's the cool part about it, and that's the cool part about this team is, you know, everyone keeps saying wait till LSU, wait till Alabama, wait till Kentucky, which would still blows my mind. That shouldn't have ever been said. Wait till Georgia. The other three make sense. Um, those those don't happen unless this team takes care of business, does what they need to do. We talked about it with Florida. We talked about it with Alabama. We're talking about it now. This team's earned this opportunity for this game to be as big as it is, for Josh Heupel to be the the game of his career. So I know you should uh, address this as every opponent. Don't change your methods. Don't change how you go about things. But understand that this Saturday special, college game day is there. It's on 330 CBS because of what you've done and nothing less. Yeah, here's the thing. You've already you've been there, done that. <laughs> you've, you've been on yeah. 330 CBS. You've done college game day. You know, this team, you mentioned it, they're level-headed. It doesn't bother them. You know, the whole, like, checker kneeling curse or, you know, alternate jersey curse, whatever it is, this team has embraced it and, you know, overcame it every single time. Absolutely. Um, they've won close games. They've won against good teams, which Georgia – I think Georgia's a really good football team, but you can't sit here and tell me that they've got a really good win on their schedule because they don't. Yeah, Oregon's their best win, and Oregon's a very different football team than they were week one. That doesn't take anything away from what Georgia did, because I think mm -hmm. if Oregon plays someone different, they probably play a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but that's really the big – that's why they're – I still think they should be at number two, but that's why they're not at number one. Yeah, 100%. I mean, 49-3, you're going to look back on it. Yeah, that that I guess that is their signature win. But the Florida game was close. It was 20-28. to 28 at one point, because they just let down in the third quarter. You know, they did end up pulling away at the end. Missouri was a close game. What I'm trying to say is, I've Georgia's seen on Twitter that, can they get it done in Athens? That shouldn't be a measuring stick of what this football team is right now. Yeah, can they get it, it doesn't matter. And this team doesn't care. They don't care who's, you know, it's, it's their week that they go play Georgia. I don't think they care anything else other than, hey, we're going to go – we're playing on the road. We play this team in, in black and red, and we're going to, to beat them. You know, they, yeah. they'll have um, probably red jerseys with 
gray pants. Gray pants is the dumbest thing. You know, that's a baseball thing. I don't understand why they have gray pants, but. Yeah, I, I it, it definitely is another week. And I, it, I'll, I mean, I'll say it. People are wanting want to talk about how George, good Georgia is. And, and some people, thankfully, the national media is coming around. They forget to mention how good Tennessee is. Yeah. Um, we do this have to just enjoying the moment. I'll, I'll borrow a phrase from our friend Ross Kivett. I try to save it for baseball season because it's <laughs> definitely one of those baseball terms. Steady Eddie, man. This team's steady Eddie. They're going to go into Athens, one and zero mentality, yeah. um, and 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 play play football. It's a, it's it's a football game. Play it in Athens. You're, play it in Knoxville. Play it in Atlanta. Play it in Phoenix. Play it in SoFi. It doesn't matter. It's a football game. You got to go out and execute. Got to go out. I don't there. know if there's ever been a number one team in the country that's a um, more than a touchdown underdog. I don't know if that's ever happened. So, yeah. If if you're a gambling man, there you go. Yeah, also, yeah. if you're also a gambling man, here's a stat for you: Kirby Smart at Georgia, two and nine when the team scores thirty points on them. What did you say our average is? Forty nine point four. Forty nine point four. Yeah. Forty nine point four. Tennessee's got a chance, man. Let's just say that. Let's put it well, there. And, and that's the thing. It's like. It, Tennessee doesn't need a miracle to go in and beat Georgia. That's no. if you're thinking that, that's stupid because this is a really good football team. Both these teams are really good on paper. You know, Tennessee's got the the offense, the defense seems to be getting better. Um, and Georgia does it kind of the same way they've always done it: ground and pound on offense. And they got a stable running backs. I'll go ahead and say it: they're RBU. I mean, yeah, uh, oh, for sure. you know, who, who would you argue that? So. You know, you, you can got, maybe argue can, they're like a ten-year stretch at Alabama, but Georgia's been doing it for a lot longer. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they got every year. There's, you know, they got multiple guys, um, and they got two. They got the best tight ends in the country: Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington. Both those guys are averaging over seventeen yards per catch. Um, so it's, it's going to be a like you said a dogfight because you know our linebackers, our safeties. The star position, all those guys have to show up because those guys can, you know, hurt you in in a hurry. For um, sure. Now the caveat of that, you know, I think it it does. I'm interested how the defense plays because you know Georgia is going to try to drive the field, um, and, and Tennessee is probably going to get off the field pretty fast, scoring. You know, hopefully don't have many three, and hopefully it's just scoring. We'll, we'll just say that. Um, so can they hold up for four quarters is something I'm interested in. Who plays corner? Um, is it Turnage? Danico Slaughter? You saw a lot from them yesterday. I understand it was Kentucky. They're not great. Um, but I, I don't there's no one like Lad McConkey is is their number one receiver. Um, he's not somebody that I'm just like, ooh, you know, like a I don't even know. Who who would be a receiver that I mean, that's well, one it, thing. That, they don't have the a Jalen Hyde, a Cedric Tillman, or a Brew McCoy. They don't have – Yeah, uh, and I mean, the Kayshawn Butte, I mean, that's the probably best receiver just that's right. yeah. straight up that you've played this year. And, and Tennessee, I know Jaden Daniels was more of a runner at that point, especially due to injury. But, I mean, that's the best one you've played so far. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's uh, – But the it, main thing, you, you got to run the football. Uh, Tennessee is – they've rushed for at least 177 yards in all their SEC games so far this year. I think you got to continue to be a balanced attack. I don't think you can let Georgia, who's only given up, you know, 85 and a half rushing yards per game, um, you know, you, you need to level that out a little bit and, and 
you know, try to try to get to that 177 mark because it opens up so much more in the passing game. Well, and that's the thing that, that Tennessee's dangerous with is if you commit to the run, pass is going to be there and they'll they'll beat you there. So I, I don't think it's um, necessarily a, a numbers mark Tennessee's got to get to. I think it's a, a can you be threatening enough that they have to be honest. Yeah, I, I think is the the key there. But yeah, you can't let them just stop you early for sure. So yeah, because I think we had like. I don't know, 55 rushing yards or something last year in this game. So um, definitely got to get it done on the ground. I think this is going to be a big game for Jalen Wright. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's he's running like a man possessed right now. I'd like to see him get the, get the ball more. I think you're going to get doses of Jabari Small and, and Hendon Hooker as well. Um, but I think Jalen Wright and this offensive line is going to have a huge task at hand with Jalen Carter. Nolan Smith is out. I think that's good for, you know, he does lead the team in tackles for loss and sacks, um, even though it's threes. It's not a ton. But still, um, he's, you know, a big part of their defensive front. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a huge test for this offensive line. But, again, like, so was Alabama. Like, we played somebody similar. I I know Alabama's defense is probably not as good as Georgia's. But we've – played at least a similar caliber, they have never seen an offense like this. Yeah, I mean, Not as, even far close. As, as far as defenses goes, you, you played Alabama, Kentucky, Pitt, who Pitt, who held you to your least amount of points scored. You, you played good. You played very good defenses up to this point. So, hey, I do want to get to some questions before we, we um, completely get past them. Troy, we will give score predictions at the end. Um, so hang with us, and, and we'll do that. Um, we also got, would you rather play in Atlanta or Arizona? I'll breeze through this one real quick. I want to play in Atlanta in the semifinal. I, I don't want to have to travel to Phoenix and then a week later go to LA. So, um, let's get the Peach Bowl. Same yeah. for you? Oh, yeah, 100%. And that's personally. I don't care about this football team. They'll play anywhere, anybody yeah, anywhere. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to do it regardless. But, yeah, I'd, <laughs> r- I'd rather go to Atlanta. Than- we, do, we do have a friend in Phoenix. So, um, Macy, if you're listening, just go ahead and get your guest bed ready just in case. Um, Landon can sleep on the couch. Uh, is the loser of this weekend? This is uh, from Draft Alex. Is the loser of this weekend gets blown out? Are they out of the playoff picture? I, I mean, I, this is a playoff game, not just SEC championship playoff game. This is a playoff game. Uh, I know it comes in week eight, and that's weird to say, but you have number one and number three. Either whoever wins this is number one, and whoever loses it, even if it's not a blowout, could potentially be eliminated because you still have Alabama probably at one loss. We'll be playing in the SEC championship game. TCU, I expect to slip up, but right now they're undefeated. Clemson could slip up this week. If they don't, they're going undefeated. This is a playoff game. Um, so win or, lo- or lose, you could be eliminated. If you want to give yourself a chance, though, uh, after the regular season, whoever loses has got to keep it close if you want to stay in playoff picture. Yeah, I, I definitely think you need to, to show out in this game um, whether you win or lose. But, but if you do end up losing this game, you know, I'll never consider myself a Georgia fan, but I will <laughs> hope that they beat Alabama in the SEC championship because I think that would be your only way. Mm. Like, like if Alabama beats Georgia, you're out. Right. Um, so that, that would be the only way that we, you know, could, could slip in there. You know, obviously you got to let it take care of itself. For sure, and take care of your own control, business. Yeah, control what you can control, and and that's this week. It's right in front of you. Control that game, then you know you don't really have to worry about it and, and make it up to the committee. But here's the thing about the committee. They've already said that they respect you. 
That and that's another thing. I'm not saying you're 100% out. Robin Jones has already said that is not what Chapman of the new football ranking stated in an article. I don't know what she's referring to. I'm assuming saying you're probably out if you lose, uh, regardless of of how it looks. Well, first off, said that she's stupid or whoever <laughs> that is. I don't know who Chapman is. Um, but the, the thing is, I mean, um, I lost my train of thought there. Um, the thing is, is it doesn't automatically cost you Tennessee's mm-hmm. at number one. They put you at number one because they're, they're leaving room for error. Essentially. That's why they put you at number one. Now the flip side of that is it's going to be hard to deny a big 12 undefeated champion. I know they put them at number seven, but if they stay undefeated and win the big 12, that's tough to deny them. Same for ACC. I know their schedules aren't great, but how do you keep them out? And then, like you said, if Alabama wins the SC championship, they're one loss. That puts them in. That puts Georgia one loss in with a win over Tennessee. How do three SEC teams get in? Yeah, I don't I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and then if Oregon continues taking care of business, I'm, they, they get put in the picture. They've already said that LSU is number 10. That means if they somehow beat Alabama, they go to the SEC championship. Could they get in with a loss to Tennessee? And then, uh, and here's another thing. The, the, the college football playoff forgets about week one losses often, very often. Does that, I'm not saying it's an automatic disqualifier. Don't hear that. But to say something weird couldn't happen there if LSU somehow does that, it, it could get weird. And then things, and, and, and like you said, you're relying on, on other people. And it's not a computer-based system, which would work out better for Tennessee if LSU did that. It would work out better for Tennessee. It is individuals choosing you. And then yeah. bias comes in. And then just eye test is more of a factor. So it gets dicey. You take care of business or you lose close to Georgia. That probably doesn't happen or it definitely doesn't happen if you take care of business. I just don't – the chairman – uh, apparently Chapman's the, the chairman of, I, I didn't know that was his name. Uh, or she said the chairman, not the Chapman. Um, the chairman of the college ball playoffs stated that, I guess, in an article. I, I didn't see that. Um, they're not putting three SEC teams in. Especially if we lose if, this weekend, we're not out of the top four. So that that's, yeah. that doesn't. Well, probably. I don't think we're out of the top four. You still have Clemson there if they win. Clemson's ass. Okay, I don't disagree, but no, I, I'm, we know no, the committee I, loves Clemson a heck of a lot more than they love TCU. Well, they if they ever watch Clemson play, that they learn quickly. Hey, <laughs> this isn't the if you if you don't watch Tennessee and that fan base and think just if I'm just from the outside looking in, all I see is dollar signs. How do you oh, yeah. not want Tennessee in the playoff? Um, how do one of these venues not want Tennessee's fan base to come? They obviously want them. That's why they're at number one. I mean, resume is a part of it, but you could. They, they act- don't respect Michigan because they played a crap non-conference yeah. schedule. They haven't beat anybody. They beat Penn State. Whoopty freaking do. Um, Penn State has James Franklin, so they're irrelevant. They have a bad quarterback. They're not good. Uh, TCU's a fraud. They're going to get beat, so it doesn't matter. Um, you know, Clemson's going to sit there. But guess what? We'll get two. Two SEC teams are going. Oregon, I don't, I don't, I don't care. You lost forty nine to three. If Tennessee doesn't lose forty nine to three, Georgia, you're ahead over Oregon. Should be, I agree. So two, two SEC teams are going. I don't disagree with that fact. Okay. Yeah, but three, 
highly unlikely. And so that is where the I'm you trying to read this. Uh, Robin linked me this article. You, you would have put Alabama in the top four if you know if, if you wouldn't get so much flag for it. <laughs> if there wasn't so many undefeated teams, Alabama would still be in the top four. Yeah, I'm going to scan. Robin, I'll read it later. I'm going to scan this article just to get the quote real quick. Um, but let's, uh, I don't think we had any other questions. Matt said 38-35 either way. Um, if, if Georgia scores a lot of points, I do get concerned. If Georgia scores over 35 or 35, I do get concerned about Tennessee a little bit just because i got to respect Georgia's defense, what we got them right now. Um, that gets earning. But, yeah, I, I feel good about the weekend. Um, let's, let's get back on track with Georgia there. Uh, yeah. Listen, um, I don't hate I, the I little mean, jab. We, I don't hate the jab from Eric Ainge. But uh, maybe that maybe that stadium didn't need any bulletin board material. Maybe those fans didn't need to be riled up any more than they're going to be for that 3.30 kickoff on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how loud can they actually bark, though, is the question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, really loud. If you sat next to a Jordan fan, it's obnoxious. Well, <laughs> they they screwed up by having those stupid bushes all around their stadium. It just holds in that sound, so it doesn't even seem as loud. <laughs> it absorbs it. Yeah, it just blocks it. Um, hey, man, the, the offense, we're going to do what we do, and that's take care of the football. You know, you you look at the teams that, have, that Georgia struggled against this year, Missouri, Florida, um, Kent State. Those teams won the turnover battle. Mm -hmm. And what's one thing Tennessee does on offense? They take care of the football. They don't put it in harm's way. Um, you know, fumbles ha haven't been an issue the past couple of games. Let's knock on wood a little bit. But, um, you know, you have a quarterback that's going to take care of it. If you win the turnover battle, I think Tennessee wins this game. I mean, I, I don't I, – I think they're scoring in the 30s. So, if you're turning the football over with, you know, uh, an offense that – you know, I know they, they have a ton of yards, but, I mean, again, like, their shutouts are against Sanford and, and Vanderbilt. So, can we can we really give them credit for that? Mm. Is that a – I mean, good good for them. You, you shut out two of the worst teams in college football. So, yeah, they've certainly I'm all for it. I'm just I, – I don't like Georgia in any sport. Um, again, I hate the gray pants. I think that's just – idiotic and you know that dog collar that they have around their jerseys is abysmal um and Stetson Bennett he has surprised me I, I thought he was you know just a game manager but he is really good you got to keep him in the pocket um they've only given up I think seven sacks and um in eight games so that, that's something you know I know Amarius Mims might be out he's questionable um so that might help you a little bit, but they got to find a way to get pressure on Stetson Bennett, um, keep him in the pocket, and get off the field on third down. I think they were um, against Missouri; they're like two for fifteen or something like that. And, and Tennessee did a great job last week against Kentucky on third down. So when you get in third and long, um, you got to you got to get off the field. Yeah, and, that, and that's I mean Tennessee's doing a lot better in third and longs. So Those third and shorts not only does that trouble Tennessee. But it also gives the the offense a uh, thought towards fourth down, which which it can be Tennessee's Achilles heel per Florida. Um, yeah, you talking about Stetson Bennett, kind of going back to that. The the thing that kind of worries me about him, he's not played his best football because we we see we saw it down the stretch last year, 
and, and Tennessee's game last year, uh, November 7th, I believe, that was his best game to date. And that's where he kind of had his coming out party. He, he's not going to kill you like Bryce Young scrambling around, but what he does a good job of is being aware, moving around in the pocket, getting out of the pocket when appropriate. Um, talk about a guy that can be level-headed when given the opportunity. And, and so I don't think it's necessarily about Tennessee being able to bring him down, but keep him in the pocket. Make him make his throws out of the pocket. Make uh, him see over that gigantic <laughs> offensive line he has. I mean, what is he, 5'8"? No offense, Caleb. No yeah, offense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm 5'9". I'm 5'9". Right, I'm 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 I don't wear my boots. So we're not gonna do Stetson that. Bennett is also a short king. Um, not as not as He's 5'11". If he's 5'11", I'm 6'2". <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's a good quarterback, and he uses the weapons around him um, really well. I saw Brock, uh, Matt Rimmer mention Brock Bowers, their leading receiver. I believe Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington are their, in their top four receivers. Uh, so They're, they're, they're and then top they're, three. Top Brock three, is okay. one, and, and Darnell Washington is three, yes. Okay. Two. And then I believe uh, McIntosh is four. Okay. I believe. Is that his name? I feel like I just said that wrong. Kenny. Kenny McIntosh. Yeah, okay. All right. McIntosh, when I said it, it just sounded wrong. Um, yeah. But yeah, I believe he's number four. So uh, I, he, he does a good job of using the weapons around him. And, and he's a guy that's level headed. I mean, it wasn't that he had his best game against Tennessee last year, but to date, he, he hadn't played that good. And then he just went on a tear to win a national championship. And, and there's no denying that Stetson Bennett's a good quarterback. So yeah, containing him is going to be key. I know Missouri, if you, if you follow Austin Burlish, um, on Twitter, and you should. He talked about uh, right out the gate, Missouri just spied him to make sure he did stay in the pocket. Uh, I think with the way Tennessee blitzes, that's a, a good option um, to utilize, especially when you have linebackers, all three, Jeremy Banks, uh, Aaron Beasley, and Jawan Mitchell can both play sideline to sideline really well. I think it's a great option to go in and spy him uh, and make him earn anything that he, that he, he has to get. Yeah, uh, we do a pretty good job of utilizing our playmakers on offense too. You got Jalen Hyatt, Ramel Keaton, Brew McCoy, and also a healthier Cedric Tillman, who may I remind you had 10 catches for 200 yards and a touchdown against Georgia last season. So that's all I got about Georgia. We got we got a special guest coming on, reoccurring guest, friend of the pod, Ryan Shumpert with Rocky Top Insider. Ryan, what's up, brother? Oh, not much. Doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. I was trying to remember when the last time it came on was, and I think it was near the start of last football season, 2021 season. So okay. I think we're going on a little little over a year. So glad to okay. – Well, happy anniversary. Glad to get the invite back on and, and join again. <laughs> different outlook, too, than that start to 2021. Very different. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. Just a little bit yeah. different expectations. The, the conversation in the last, whatever, it's been 14 months or so. So uh, have you pinched yourself at all, you know, this number one ranking, you know, as, is it you – know, what's, what's your kind of thoughts on it? Yeah, I don't think I've had to pinch myself about the number one ranking uh, just because it's, you know, it, it's cool. I The fans should – they should celebrate number one. They should be excited about it. But whether Tennessee was number two, number three, number one, I don't think they were going to be any lower than number three in the initial college football play. This game on Saturday was going to decide who's going to be number one the rest of the regular season. So uh, certainly, uh, I think during the Alabama game uh, was kind of a, a moment for me. But haven't had it this week, and, and kind of on to, to the business that the Vols have in Athens. What's this? So we, we talked about it. So we had you on right before 2021 season. Um, how is has the mentality in the uh, in the program and in the facility in your eyes changed? 
or is it kind of you in your eyes led up to this moment? What's the, how is Josh Heupel managing it? How has he how's he gotten to this point? I think the mentality has changed from then. Last time I was on here, just because I was so early in Heupel's mm. tenure, I don't think maybe Heupel's mindset's changed. But as for the team to you know kind of fully take on his personality and fully adapt to him, and I think Hendon Hooker uh, being taking the reins as Tennessee starting quarterback was a big Hendon Hooker's personality and kind of even kill nature is very similar to Josh Heupel's. So uh, I think you've kind of slowly seen it morph. And uh, I think some of the players talked about, you know, it was in the off season really where they felt like, all right, we're not just going into games, hoping we can win, thinking we can win, we expect to win. And uh, this year on the field, and certainly Josh Heupel deserves a lot of credit for that, that mentality installed in the team. And I think it's consistent. You know, we, we've heard, uh, players be say, you know, no, we didn't, I didn't expect for us to be this good this quickly. And, and I think that kind of honesty and lack of coach speak that Heifel has a lot when he talks about the turnaround of the program, I, I think that genuineness really carries over to the players. Yeah. What, what's kind of been like, what's, what have you been most impressed with, with this team? I guess kind of X's and O's wise or, or position wise that that's really changed from last year to this year. To me, it's the offensive line, and to me, they're night and day better, which is kind of funny to say because it's four of the same starters. And <laughs> uh, but you just, I just go back to a lot of games last year. Really, the really the best teams Tennessee played, they struggled to run the ball. Florida, Alabama, Georgia, they couldn't run the ball. You go to even a lot of games, even besides those teams' situations inside the five yard line, third and short. Tennessee not very good at running the ball, and this year, I mean, that's completely changed. And they are very physical and they line up on third and one, they go quick. Everyone in the stadium knows we're going to run the ball. And it feels like they're converting at 75, 80% success rate. And uh, they haven't had a good year where they haven't scored a touchdown in. So they've gotten a lot better there. I think that's a, a lot of credit goes to, uh, especially the three guys in the interior, Carvin, Mays, and, and Spragans for being all right. Moving back to right tackle has developed and to me what seems like a first round draft pick. And I think you also have to give a lot of credit to both Gerald Mincy and uh, Jeremiah Crawford, who uh, that was obviously one of the biggest talking points uh, in fall practice all offseason, who was going to replace Cade Mays and play left tackle. Both those guys have had to do it. That's who the competition was between and both pretty high level whenever uh, their number's been called. You mentioned short yardage from last year, and, and that kind of brings up the the last play um, of 2021 in the bowl game. Um Princeton fan definitely gets that carry now, right? Yeah, it seems like it. I His mean, success really, rates it, through the roof. I mean, 100%. It, it is. It's a 100% <laughs> success rate. And, yeah, you know, I'm I'm interested to see if they have a little wrinkle off, off of that fullback dive this week. Uh, they really, from that look that they give and that kind of offset eye, it's almost almost every play has – Oh, I think just – I think every play has been a run. Almost every play has been the Princeton fan out of that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if – Heifel and Alex Golish have kind of had one in their back pocket to run something off of that to, to get someone open down the field on maybe a third and short this week. I'm curious to see that at least. Well, you mentioned that wrinkle. I, the wrinkle of just going under center, that, that's been unusual successful for Tennessee this year. The wrinkle of uh, offset eye formation has been very interesting to see. Me and Landon have tried to decide when that came in. Did they just decide Princeton fans that good when they had to <laughs> had to put him in a running back in camp? I know y'all don't get to see a lot of practice. Was that coming into the season, or did they just discover it and it's like, let's put the ball in his hand behind the line of scrimmage? 
That's a great question. It, it seems like something over the offseason that they, they definitely put in, and Heifel said they were kind of aware of it last year, but uh, I think certainly they had a lot of installing they had to do last season that didn't mm-hmm. involve their third and short packages with, <laughs> with Princeton fan uh, tied in getting the ball. Uh, but it it does seem like it was added over the offseason. I think we even saw a little bit of that offset eye last season. Not much, but a little bit. And really from the start this year, they've run it a, a lot more in those situations. And mm-hmm. to me, it's a really cool full circle for Princeton fan who uh, from Laverne High School in Tennessee – fifth-year senior has played running back, has played tight end, has played receiver, has played linebacker. He's played everywhere before settling at tight end. And it's kind of cool to, you know, he has all those abilities to kind of play all those positions a little bit. It's been cool to see him kind of go back to whatever it was, maybe a sophomore year when when he was getting some run at running back. Yeah, and I I do need someone to dog him a little bit for that UT Martin game. I I try to follow press conferences. Maybe I missed it, but uh, I need someone to ask him, how did it feel not to get the triple crown in the UT Martin game with that drop touchdown? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, we were talking about it. That would have been a, a fantasy points dream that day if he'd completed that one. Yeah, Christian, what Christian McCaffrey had it this past weekend, and I think Cam mm-hmm. Newton. Uh, that was the only college player I could remember doing it, you know, in my lifetime. I'm sure there's been somebody else, but I think Cam did it in his lone, lone year at Auburn against Ole Miss, too, in an SEC game. And he was almost like, like that play, I'm going back to it. I don't know why it's uh tattooed in my brain so well but cam newton like mosses an old miss receiver for like a 30 yard receiving touchdown and it's like oh my goodness this guy is this guy's unbelievable he earned his uh two hundred fifty thousand dollars for sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, also uh, I, I don't appreciate you kind of taking shots unknowingly <laughs> at my carolina panthers um for bringing up cam newton and christian mccaffrey it's kind of a sore subject <laughs> yeah um, I, I don't mean to, to take the conversation else but that would they offer two first round picks to trade Burns? And I couldn't believe, I mean, what, what was Carolina doing not taking that deal? If that report, was oh, like, you, you got rid of everybody else, you might, you might as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, I hate them so much. I yeah, hate we'll them. get off the sore, sore subject. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's kind of a sore subject also, but I did see this on Twitter and somebody brought it up to me that like Jeremy Pruitt deserves credit. What do you think about? Do you think Jeremy Pruitt deserves any credit for any of the success Tennessee's having this year? Jeremy Pruitt deserves credit for getting Hendon Hooker on campus. And after, I think that's where the credit stops. Uh, And I think Jeremy's doing a pretty good job of playing kind of friendly towards Tennessee, at least the fan base right now. Maybe he's fishing for some of that credit. And it's funny. I, because I I thought about this too, uh, with some of the comments and I, I go back to, Really throwing it back. 2012 Florida game. I'm in Knoxville driving, you know, driving the car off my dad's game. And Johnny Majors is on Vault Network. And Johnny Majors is talking about how, you know, Nick's – he's talking about LSU. I don't remember how it came up. But he said, you know, Nick Saban did a really good job there. And then Les Miles was able to capitalize and get a national championship. And I remember kind of being quiet in the car for a few minutes. And my dad goes, huh, he's trying to get credit for Phil Fulmer winning the national championship a few <laughs> years later. That's kind of how this Jeremy Pruitt situation feels, feels to me. So, you know, it's, I'm sure, you know, tennis, well, I'm not sure. I say I'm sure Tennessee's offense probably would have gotten better with some of these guys naturally, even if Jeremy Pruitt was there and getting a new quarterback in, but I don't think he, I don't think Pruitt deserves any, any credit for what Josh Heifel has done to, to completely renovate and retool this offense besides the fact that again Hinton Hooker came to came to Tennessee to play for Jeremy Pruitt which is pretty ironic uh, how 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 things worked out for Hinton Hooker that he got to have Josh Heifel be his coach when he when he committed to Jeremy Pruitt yeah and Jalen Hyatt I mean he kind of only came here because South Carolina just 
you know, fumbled the bag. Um, and also Cedric Tillman was just kind of gifted to us by Clay Helton, if I remember correctly, because Tyson Helton was our OC and USC didn't have room for him. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving him any credit. You, you, <laughs> you, you win three SEC games and we lose 30 transfers because you cheated. You don't deserve any credit. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on the same I'm on the same page uh, page on that one. I don't credit to Jeremy. I'd, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't sure he was going to be smart enough to be friendly to the Tennessee fans and kind of angle himself this way. But now, hey, I don't think he's he's fooling anybody. Maybe other than balls picks. Yeah, bi- bis- yeah, business <laughs> I, is good on the gambling circuit, I guess. <laughs> I, I think I, he knows I he's got so. a college job. He's got a college job when everything kind of finishes out. Now, Brian Niedemeyer, I guess he's accepted. He's going to stay in the high school ranks, and he, he can take his shot. Well, he's basically at a small college. <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, he gets to give bags out now. It's 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 very fitting for where he, where he's at. It's going to really suck if somehow Tennessee gets in the in – the, uh, I hope he blocked everybody he could because – if Carnell takes somehow the one million one in a million shot, if he somehow ends up at Tennessee, he better have everybody blocked or just go dark. I mean, there's no shot. For him. Well, Niedemeyer gets to be recruiter of the year at IMG because they literally just bring in five star after five stars, so he can hang his hat on that every single year. Yeah, that, yeah it's it's a good spot for him. It really is. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's recruiting to a high school that's got all the uh, advantages in, in the high school recruiting ranks. And that's a that's a, I asked Landon this on Sunday. Where does this 2023 class end up if Tennessee? I mean, they're going to probably win 11 games this year at the least. Where does this? Where does it end up in 2023? That's a really good question, and I think so much of it's already resolved that I don't think you're going to mm-hmm. see any radical change. I think Davion Hobbs is probably the big guy you kind of look at of all right, this five star Tennessee's right in the thick of this. That would really uh, flip the ranks. And then the other thing I would look at is. It seems like every year around December when you have these staff changes and you have some these coaching changes, a couple of new names pops up on the board. I mean, you saw that last year with James Pierce, uh, and then I think I believe it was Caleb Webb was another one who kind of came out of nowhere and Tennessee signed in December. So I think it's probably will have a good chance to end up inside the top 10. Once it gets inside that top 10, I think it's going to be pretty steep uh, for them to get any higher. But I'll tell you what, that 2024 class early on looks really, really good. And the fact that they've been able to have so many uh, of these top, 100 guys in the 2024 class on campus for the Florida game, for the Alabama game, for these really awesome wins and crazy environments. I think that's the class you can kind of see Tennessee break through and start to, to recruit with the real elites, you know, in the recruiting world, right? Yeah, I saw a tweet today from Caleb Beasley, a 2024 commit, saying that he was the best um, defensive back in the country regardless of class. And, you know, I, a couple of weeks ago I was saying, hey, can we go ahead and – when he committed, I was like, hey, can we go ahead and get him on campus? And – get him in a uniform, and then Danico Slaughter and Brandon Turnage show out against Kentucky. You know, I don't know if they saw his tweet or my tweet or, or whatever, but, you know, whatever they, they did, they need to keep doing. What did you – what was kind of your thoughts on, on that performance from those two guys? Really, especially Danico Slaughter caught my eye because we've seen him. Obviously, we've seen him a good bit at safety. We've seen him at the star some, but I can't remember ever seeing him playing corner out wide, and he was phenomenal. I, I mean, he was – his physicality really carried over. He was playing press coverage, which you don't see from a lot of Tennessee's corners. And, and certainly the physicality uh, showed up on the uh, ball that he got in and jarred out into Juwan Mitchell's hands. But to me, that was almost like a, a light bulb coming on moment or something that just kind of completely changes the potential of this Tennessee secondary. Because to me, I feel like Kamal Haddon's a pretty solid player. He's not an all SEC guy, but to me, he looks like he belongs out there and he knows what he's doing. And uh, to throw, 
uh, slaughter in there too. I think all of a sudden you have a pretty good one or solid, much better than what we what Tennessee's had for a lot of the season, one-two uh, corner. And then Brandon Turnage, he played well in that game. Uh, I've seen him play poorly at times this year, so I would probably want to see a bigger sample size before I buy too much uh, into what he brings Tennessee. But look, Kamal Haddon and Chris Charles, they dressed out for the Kentucky game. It seems like they're going to be available uh, to play against Georgia. Uh, to me, that rotation is going to become pretty interesting uh, with those how well those two guys played last week against Kentucky. For what sure, about a star probably, position? Does Danico Slaughter not, you know, get in that as well? Because, I mean, I, I, I guess you have what you have at safety, but, you know, from the safety and star position, I don't feel like it's been anybody that's just solidified themselves as the clear-cut guy. I'd agree with that, but at the same time, I think – uh, between Tamar Allen McDonald and uh, Wesley Walker, you have two guys that are pretty solid at that star spot. And I think they feel good uh, about both of them there. Now, maybe if they go back again, you know, Jalen McCullough, when Jalen McCullough was out, it was a lot uh, of slaughter and Walker at safety. Maybe they would tinker a little bit more now, go Walker at safety and maybe look uh, at slaughter at the star spot. But I think both those guys have played well enough uh, that, it, to me, they play better than the corners have, uh, that wide corners have. So I, I think they, they're comfortable with what they have there and feel good about playing Slaughter out, out of the corner spot. Well, Walker looked good the other night, too. I forgot to mention him. Um, I kind of forgot about him. Uh, that's on me. But, yeah, I thought he played well against Kentucky as well. Yeah, he's just solid. You know, he, he looks like a guy that's played a lot of college football, which obviously he has at Georgia Tech. And uh, he, he's just solid. He's not going to bust. And – to me, he's good blitzing uh, from that star spot, too. And I think he's one of Tennessee's best defensive backs to bring pressure. Yeah, you mentioned that physicality, too. His physicality is is going to be important. I mean, he's probably one of the more physical guys uh, on the back end of that defense. And that's going to be important this week, trying to trying to play with Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. Um, I mean, if they if they get open free, it's going to be tough to stop. But <laughs> – is that is that what's going to be Tennessee's Achilles heel? Who, who do you how do you defend those tight ends this week? How, how do you make sure you you get to uh, Stetson Bennett? What's what's the key defensively? I think they had a great week. Is it do they have the confidence? What, what is it? Yeah, I mean, if I knew how to stop Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, <laughs> I wouldn't be here talking to you guys. Someone would be paying me. Someone would be paying me a lot of money to coach football. Uh, so you know, I, the thing I would say about that and. Thing I would say is the key for Tennessee's defense in this game is is to stop the run. And I think this game's going to be decided on both lines of scrimmage, which, you know, that's not some crazy noble thought that I just had. That's how most football games are decided. But uh, when you look at, I think both these offensive lines are two of the best in the SEC. I think both these defensive lines are two of the best in the SEC. And to me, as well as Stetson Bennett's played this year, as good as those tight ends have been, if you can get Georgia in a lot of third and longs and bring those blitz packages uh, without the threat uh, of Georgia being able to run on you, to me, that's the recipe for Tennessee's defense to have success. And I think we've seen that really all year in the LSU and Kentucky game. That's exactly what they did uh, to have a lot of success was getting the opponent in third and long and then bringing pressure. So I think that's the case again. Uh, and it's going to be really interesting because, again, I just – I have a sneaking suspicion that Tennessee's defense is going to play well. I think they've just quietly played a lot better as the really since that Florida game. And, you know, the Alabama game, everyone looks at the big numbers, and certainly the numbers don't look good. But I think, one, when you get up early on Alabama like that, you're going to give up points. You're going to give up yards. Alabama's not going to go away. I think, two, you look at the blitz plays that have worked in just about every game this year. They didn't work in the Alabama game because they couldn't take Bryce Young down in the backfield. And as good as Stetson Bennett is, it – uh, scramble drill and making plays with his legs. He doesn't have that quick twitch 
that Bryce Young has to kind of get out of pressure. So to me, that's going to be huge. And I think Tennessee's defense, it, to me, it's a big question mark in this game. And they've played a, a lot better as of late. And I kind of think they're going to continue to do that this week. Yeah, I think Tennessee has a record-breaking sack number against Alabama with any other quarterback than Bryce Young. He was phenomenal. I, a lot of people want to talk about Tennessee's defense in that game. I don't know how you leave out Bryce Young's name when you mentioned that performance. Uh, it was it was all I, – I mean, I turned to everybody around me. I was like, we just watched one of the best college football performances of all time. Yeah, it's our luck that we couldn't get dad bod Mac Jones um, <laughs> for this game, for that game. Yeah, that's what I said. I said that's what's got to be a great feeling for Tennessee after that game is the talk all week. Is Bryce Young going to play? If he plays, probably not going to be 100%. I don't know how health-wise, how close he was to 100%, but Bryce Young can't play much better than he did in that game. And Tennessee took the best punch from yeah. him, and they still found a way to get a win. And the other thing I forgot to mention about the defense that game, Tennessee, Alabama had a defensive touchdown. So you give up 49 points. Seven of those in the fourth quarter came out of defensive touchdown, and you forced Alabama and Will Riker to kick a long field goal uh, there on that last drive when – and that obviously kind of ended up being the difference in the game. Yeah, so who who would be your X factor for the rest of the season? Um, let, let's say not named Hennon Hooker because that, that's that's too easy. Sorry to put you on the spot. Did not let you prepare for this one. But um, I, I want to get your take because we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, maybe say Amari Thomas just because to me he's been really good this year, but it feels like he's still just kind of scratching the surface and it feels like he's playing better and better as the year goes along. And when I look at the defense, I kind of think you are what you are at safety. You kind of are what you are at linebacker. And one of the guys at the corner spot would maybe be another good answer to that. Nico Slaughter or Kamal had and maybe Christian Charles as he continues to get more comfortable if he can kind of get into a rhythm coming out of the injury. But I specifically look at the defensive line and think, you kind of know what Byron Young is. You kind of know what Tyler Barron is. Amari Thomas seems to be the guy on that room that still continues to get better and better as the year goes on, and it's just kind of scratching the surface to how good he can be. And I think you even go back and look at how good Amari Thomas was from Ball State to now, and to me it's maybe night and day is a little dramatic, but there's significant improvements, and I feel like he can kind of turn that up to another gear down the stretch of the season. And if he does, this Tennessee defensive line that's been good just becomes even more dangerous. Yeah, I like that one because I think he's somebody that is a junior. He will be draft eligible. Does he get, you know, kind of, you know, uh, I, I don't know, a good draft grade, I guess, um, for having the production he's had so far? I think that's going to be interesting to see come the end of the season um, if he's able to, you know, go up some draft boards. Because I saw one today where Jalen Hyatt's in the second round. Like, I mean, it's he was unthought of probably from NFL um, scouts and things like that at the start of the season. It's going to be really interesting to me, a lot of these guys in the draft. And what does this, and obviously how the Tennessee season ends and how these guys play will have a big effect. But does Tennessee have a little bit of, you know, the 2019 LSU comparisons to one people make a lot. And that team, I think even pretty early in the season, everyone said, all right, just a lot of first round guys on this offense. And you don't really have that with Tennessee yet. And I'm going to be mm-hmm. curious to see how much the success of this team kind of continues to, uh, pick up and the players draft grades and I mean even Jalen Hyatt like you're right he's come out of nowhere to be a second round pick but to me I mean what, what's a guy got to do to be a first round pick I mean I know he, Tennessee doesn't run a, a super diverse route tree and that's probably in that and his kind of slender uh, frame is probably to knock on him but my goodness the way he can run that's and the way it, it football is played today and the way the NFL is moving he seems like he would be an invaluable guy that would go in the first round 
Yeah, he's going to be uh, drafted by the Dolphins, probably. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they yes. they don't have enough speed, so it's going to for him. It's going to be interesting. What's his grade going into the combine? Because he's gonna. I mean, GMs just lose their mind at the combine. You watch him yeah. on a four three forty. You're gonna be foaming at the mouth to get him, and I don't know if that how much that helps him, or maybe they're factoring in that speed. I have no idea. I like the Amari Thomas one. I he's been Tennessee's best interior lineman in recent memory by a long shot this year. His his ability to to stop the run game, penetrate, pass rush, and incredible. So I like that one a lot. I do want to ask you about another X factor, Cedric Tillman. I know he played last week, very limited. What were your thoughts of last week? Like, do you think he's at 100%? Do you think he's still trying to get there? Where, where is he at? And do we get a touchdown? Do we get moonshine cookies? What's what's the deal for Georgia? I've made the observation a few times now. Man, could you imagine if we got moonshine? Jalen Hyatt was the moonshine cookies out there. I mean, we would, yeah, be, yeah. Oh, we'd be feasting this fall. <laughs> do they give I us – They just had something to do with this, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Cedric Tillman's close to 100%. Look, uh, he practiced for a, a really a good two weeks before coming back and playing in, in that Kentucky game. And even though he, from a statistical standpoint, didn't make a huge impact, look at Jalen Hyatt's two touchdowns in that game. Exact same yeah. kind of combination of routes. Two guys go with Tillman, and it leaves Jalen Hyatt wide open. And I think Tennessee, what they're able to do with those stacks uh, and putting stacking Hyatt and Tillman is just, that's a nightmare. And you know, we've heard Jalen Hyatt even talk about it in some media that, you can really scheme to take away one receiver. If you have two guys, you can't do that. And I think Tillman, uh, to your point, is is it really a great uh, great look for a breakout guy uh, the rest of the year just because Tennessee's offense has been flowing so well without him and Jalen Hyde has been getting so much attention that when you add him back into it and what we know he's capable of doing, uh, man, it's, it's really dangerous to think of this Tennessee offense can hit another level. And I even look at it especially in a game like this against corners that are physical, as physical as Georgia's are. he's he, Tillman's the third and long, the third and intermediate, the timing route when Tennessee's got to get to the sticks. That's the guy Hinton Hooker feels the most comfortable with, and it's been that way for over a year now. And I think that is particularly important in a game like this against Georgia, especially if Tennessee's run game isn't as effective as it's been uh, for a lot of the season. So you you add all that in with what you get, what you guys said, really, I think maybe right in before uh, I jumped on here, big game Cedric Tillman. I mean, he always seems to, to show up in the big games. And I think certainly uh, Saturday could be a start to kind of the uh, breakout second half or, or latter third of the season. I, I got one more football question. Um, and then, you know, I want to get to the fighting Tony Vitello's briefly before we get you <laughs> out of here. Um, did you smoke a cigar for Alabama? And uh, did you get to, you know, get on the field? Didn't smoke a cigar. Um, smelt like cigars. Smelt like a lot of smoke. <laughs> you, you, cigars, got, you got secondhand smoke. I got a lot of secondhand smoke, and I was, <laughs> I was down on the field. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what a scene. It was – I say – I feel like I have these moments, you know, once a month or every two months, and it depends on the season. You get it in basketball, you get it in baseball, and in football now this year where – it's kind of like I'm in the middle of working and then I it's just kind of feel calm over myself. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this. I have the coolest job in the world. I'm sitting here covering oh, Tennessee geez. athletics. Someone's paying me to do this. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Someone, I'd be paid to be here and someone's paying me to do this. How <laughs> awesome is this? And certainly that Alabama moment was was incredible. And then uh, another story from being down on the field after the game. You know, I had a friend that was there and somehow I got reception and I was able to call him. I was trying to find him and can hear every couple words and I hear kind of what yard line he's at. I'm trying to find him and, you know, I'm on the phone and then eventually I just, uh, I go, Marco, I don't know if you can hear me, man, but you're one of 
50,000 people on the field wearing orange right now. I'm in a bright green sweatshirt. You're going to have to find me. I'm sticking my hands up. You're going to have to find me. But my buddy found me, and we, we took some pictures down on the field, and it was it was certainly a really good time. That's awesome. So yeah, is, that, um, is that your number one moment? It has to be, right? I know there's yeah, been some it, four, it, like it, you said. Yeah, and no, it really is. And I think a lot of them have been basketball uh, before. And, you know, even like the Arizona game was one last year where it's 17-2 Tennessee three minutes in, and that place is just an absolute madhouse. And and that's kind of one of the things that, you know, I don't – I don't know if don't like the right word. But kneeling in the press box, it's not open air. You're so high up. You kind of get removed from the atmosphere a little bit. That's something I love about basketball season. And we're right down there on the court and, and just kind of been in the madness of it. But with all that said, yeah. How, yeah, looking down on the, how long did it take Josh Heupel? Looking down on the field and seeing sixty thousand people was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is this is incredible. This is as good as it gets. How long did it take Josh Heupel to get to the press conference? I know he apologized to you all. What was that? Did y'all put him on account? Uh, it's seventy-five minutes. Yeah, I <laughs> I didn't have him on account, but as I you know, cause I was down on the field for a while thinking, okay, uh-huh. I got plenty of time, and then eventually I'm like, all right, I should probably get back there. I get back there, and he still was twenty-five more minutes, and and towards the end, I went to see when my last, what time my last tweet was uh, during the game to to figure out uh, when it was, and it was about seventy-five minutes, but. I don't think anybody was blaming him. Yeah. No, he smoked a couple cigars, and I hope no one complained about. I hope no one complained about deadline that night. That's a he had good reason. <laughs> yeah, certainly fortunate not to have been uh, not to have been on deadline, uh, not to be a newspaper guy who had right. to who had to deal with that. Um, I I would have loved to saw you on the field because me and Caleb swapped jerseys, so <laughs> it'd be cool to have you know an, an a green. <laughs> Um, jersey in there as well with us, so you know that would have been cool. Yeah, I don't remember what game it was, but it, may, it probably wasn't that game. Maybe that game or Florida game. But Caleb, your all orange jumpsuit you you wore to one of those games was absolutely fantastic. I don't think I ever respond messaged you about it or responded to it, but it was a it was an awesome look. I appreciate it. I bought it for the Final Four last year. Didn't get to break it out. <laughs> Alabama felt like the right time, so yeah, I'm glad I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, I, it took I, him a little bit to, to get out of that jacket, so you know we could actually yeah. swap. swap I, I showed up to I showed up to Landon's house about four thirty that morning to pick him up to tailgate, and he was just laughing. And I was like, "Danny White tells me to wear all orange. I'm showing up in all orange. I don't <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do." So. Yeah, we do as Danny White says. Now um, he's the Godfather. Um, I, I, Ron, I do want to ask you about baseball real quick. I know you've been on. You, you know, you're awesome. You know, we we had to start a little bit later, so appreciate you doing that. But um, you, you you've been covering some fall baseball a little bit. Um, we don't get to see that. Who who are some? You know, what have you seen so far from the guys? And who are some names maybe Tennessee fans need to know? I know Malyahuna's got to be on that on that list, right? He is, and man, <laughs> what he can do with his glove and in the field is is impressive. Is really anything I've seen in college baseball. I mean. Liam Spence was so good defensively and so solid defensively. And, and Max Ferguson was really flashy at second base. I kind of feel like Maui's kind of has a little bit of the bow. He is so pure in making the, the easy plays and then just makes some plays that, wow, it makes you turn your head. And another guy that, you know, I don't know how big of a role he'll see this year because he's a shortstop and, and Maui is going to be the starter there is Austin Jaslov. He's a redshirt freshman. He's been really impressive. He's hit the ball. Uh, really, really well, and and I think when you look at the other guys in the in the field, there's a tons tons of competition in the outfield. Uh, Cincinnati transfer Griffin Merritt kind of got off to a slow start in the fall, but has really hit the ground running now and has been really good. The the three freshmen, uh, 
Dylan uh, drilling or dryling. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Uh, Reese, Reese Chapman and then Alex Stanwich. Uh, they got, those guys all have good days, all have bad days. To me, Chapman has been uh, the most impressive of them so far. And uh, another guy that I'll be interested to see how he makes an impact is Kavaris Tears. Uh, he was, he's also a redshirt freshman. He could rake last year in fall, and it, he, there wasn't a position for him to play. He wasn't a natural position. He was a little overweight. Now he's not overweight. He's he looks like a guy that spent a year in the college weight room. And obviously, again, it's kind of the same situation with Jazlov, where Blake Burke, you know, is going to be the starter at first base. Uh, and that's kind of where he's settled more than the corner outfield spots. But he's really his bat's really, really good. And I think he'll, he'll be a guy that has a great chance to uh, be a DH. And then I just mentioned him, and it's no surprise, but Blake Burke is – I think he's going to hit 20 home runs this season. I think he might hit 25 home runs this season. <laughs> if he doesn't get injured, he's breaking Tennessee's all-time uh, home run record by the time he gets to conference play in his junior season. So he, he's still got to get through this season. He's going to get it before hey, conference Joe, play. Hey, Joe, clip that. Junior clip year. that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be 18 months before that prediction comes to fruition. Uh, but I believe it uh, with, all, with all my heart. And I guess it was a week, maybe two weeks ago. I can't remember. But one day I was over there watching him scrimmage. He hits a line a line drive homer over the video board in right field. Uh, it's, it, it, probably besides the Drew Gilbert uh, home run against Wright State, the farthest home run I've seen hit at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. And then his next time up, it's another home run. He's, he's uh, I mean, it's all those crazy numbers of whatever ended up being. I think he had a home run once every nine at-bats last year as a freshman. I don't think that's a fluke. I mean, maybe he probably those numbers this year, especially with how he's going to be pitched to in the middle of Tennessee's lineup. But. He's going to hit a lot of home runs, and he's going to be a real, real pain in the side of a lot of SEC teams. Yeah. What, what else? What about uh, Christian Moore, uh, Kyle Booker, some you know returners there? What have you seen from those guys? Yeah, Christian Moore has been been really solid. I think has been a lot better with his glove and defensively, just a lot more consistent. And you know, he came in, he played shortstop in high school, and he moved to second C. So I think he's there's just a better comfort level there, and. Kyle, we talked to Tony Vitello today. Kyle, Kyle Booker was a guy he was very complimentary of. It has really come alive. And the last uh, the last couple weeks of fall, last two weeks of fall practice, really. And uh, I think he is, is thick. And maybe Griffin Merritt is probably the one guy I feel out than anybody else in the outfield. But behind him, I think Kyle Booker is, is in the thick of it, you know, as good as a chance to start as anybody is, especially at center field. And I, it's funny you bring it up. This all come back to me. I think – when I came on here last year, we were talking about it a little bit, and I said I'm all aboard the Kyle Booker hype train. <laughs> Obviously, it did not come to fruition last year. End up having a, a big part or a big role on that Tennessee team, but I think he's going to at least have an opportunity uh, to kind of carve out a starting role and be really good. And then, wise, uh, I guess it gets a, a few names there. Uh, one, I guess the first thing I'd say, walking in and watching him scrimmage, one I didn't even know Dolan there was throwing, and I see 40 people home plate, and I'm like, what? The world's going on here today. What, what, what is this? Chase Dolander was on the mound, and they were all MLB scouts. And <laughs> it was like more, it was more than I'd seen at the midweek games or when I first started covering the team. And man, it was a, a really cool reminder of how far Tennessee baseball has come. And then uh, two names at Tennessee, but haven't really had major roles that have really nice falls is, is Wyatt Evans and Jake Fitzgibbons. Both those guys left handed arms. Fitzgibbons was the best I've seen him earlier this week. Uh, in a scrimmage and then uh, Wyatt Evans uh, he was kind of right outside uh, the kind of dependable bullpen guys last year was one of their main mid his off-speed stuff's gotten a lot better 
Uh, Vitello mentioned his, his fastball command needs to be a little sharper, but he's looked really good uh, when I've watched him this year. And it's kind of been a lot of the guys in this day kind of don't go too hard on Chase Burns and, and Drew Beam's arm as they kind of still are recovering a little bit from, you know, you just go back and look at those guys. Their last years of high school, you had COVID and Drew Beam didn't pitch. And to do that and to go from the amount of innings they threw in those type of seasons to what they did last year, I think it's one, it's kind of being wear down towards the end of the year. And it's really impressive that Burns didn't. So uh, those guys haven't gotten a ton of action to this point. Um, but goodness knows they'll be uh, ready to get the season and, and we'll have major roles in that pitching staff. Yeah, I've I've just heard a lot of like I just keep hearing lefties. You know, you, you talked about arms. I'm thinking bats too. You know, you got Ron Denton from from Alabama, Malyahuna, uh, Blake Burke, Jared Dickey. I mean, is, is it, I mean, I know we hit a home a lot of home runs last year, but that that right field is going to be <laughs> heads up to the pitchers. Richard Jackson, <laughs> you you might want to put a cover over that um, bullpen out there. You're right, and it's I mean, you hit a nail on the head. It's a great combination to have good lefty power hitters and. Uh, stadium in this Tennessee program. And that was about the first thing that I thought of when Denton uh, committed to Tennessee, what I believe was back in June, maybe June or July, uh, when he committed to Tennessee. I mean, he hit two. He hit two of his home runs, uh, maybe around 10, 11 home runs he hit last year. He hit two of them in Lindsey Nelson Stadium, uh, two right field. So it's a they good combination too. for those guys. They, yeah, they, they were bombs. They, were they bombs. weren't. They weren't close to that short fit, that short fence. They were. No. Yeah, they didn't have to worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> One of them wasn't in the Blake Berg. It wasn't the realm of quite the longest home runs I've seen, but it was it was up there. It was in the, the Christian Franklin. You know, he hit one out, out to left center in that Arkansas series two years ago. It was kind of in that realm of, my goodness, that ball was that ball was murdered. <laughs> well, I mean, what a time to, uh, you know, change sides to, to Tennessee, right? With football and – Good point. So, yeah, many are, saying he's, many are saying he's the good luck charm. And, look, I – I don't know if this is what, you know, Tony was intending to do today, but when, when Tony was talking about uh, Denton, he said, you know, he, he, want, he wants to play for a winner. He wants to win. He wants to play in these big games. And, again, I don't know if that was his intention, <laughs> but it seemed like a nice subtle shot at, at the Alabama baseball program. Hell, yeah. I love Tony, Tony's never <laughs> jawed around. He, he's, he's pretty quiet about things. He's, oh, yeah, he sure. hates Alabama I'm, anyway. I'm sure he didn't for, mean to. <laughs> last year. There's no oh, love man. lost there. Um, no, no, not at all. Well, that's kind of all I got. Um, Ryan, we really appreciate you hopping on here. I, d- I do want to, you know, we had Ben McKee on recently, and, you know, he was just dogging you. Um, <laughs> um, no, that's not true. But but if you want to, you know, throw shade at him, you know, I'll, I'll give you the floor and let you have at it. Um, the only shade I ever throw at Ben is I just make fun of him for being bald. So, Ben, you're bald. That's <laughs> – isn't he from That's Alabama? Uh, is he is he an Alabama fan? He is a Bammer, and and look, I think he is in the sense that my brother lives in Birmingham. I know he's the same way. I think those people had a special appreciation for Tennessee beating Alabama. And uh, oh, yeah. my brother's he went to Sanford for college, I guess 2012, 2013, something like that. So he's been living in out in Birmingham ever since. He's never ever seen uh, Tennessee beat Alabama. He's out of basketball and baseball losing a lot of games to Alabama that I know kill him. So uh, I'll give Ben his, his kudos there. I think he, he probably appreciated that win as much as anybody. Well, we can we can dog him and Landon about being Yankees fans. Just yeah, biggest bandwagon right. group. Right. I guess you're a Cubs fan, judging by the, the W flag in the background. 
which, uh, okay. hey, uh, there wasn't a bunch of good stuff to talk to this year. But look, I, I cannot stand the Braves growing up in the South as a Cubs fan. <laughs> and I have the perfect line to them. And that's the Cubs went 6-0 and against the Phillies this year. That's some in Atlanta camp. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah, my and thing, I'm, like, still, I, I'm still I hate the hungover Atlanta Braves. But... Sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, I'm still hungover from the 16 World Series. I'll say that if Tennessee wins a national championship, do whatever you want for like the 10 or 15 years after you win. I'll enjoy it. I don't care. So we're good. I'm just glad they got it because I don't quite have that same same mentality you did. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm very jealous of the Braves and their ability to lock up their core very quickly at cheap prices after winning a World Series, which obviously the Cubs uh, never did. But I love Kyle Schwarber. I love Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, uh, and it's been it's been cool to see Rizzo have one of the best years of his career and uh, built for him. And it's been awesome to see Kyle Schwarber uh, hit tanks for Philly all all season and all postseason. Oh. I think he hit one tonight too. Yeah, it, it definitely it, it sucks to go. It sucks to go drought, but being a Tennessee fan, and I, I mean, I was three years old in '98. I give me a championship. I'm so jealous yeah. of LSU. I just give me a championship, and I'll be happy. I whatever. <laughs> Do fly forever, baby. That's right. You yeah. can't take that. Auburn didn't have to give back a national championship. I think Alabama got hit with some voids of a national championship season. You can't. Yeah, Reggie Bush should have never back gave back is, his Heisman. Yeah, Reggie should Bush should never Heisman. Back. That's all you got to give back. Come and take it. Come and take it. <laughs> yeah. But All right, Ron. Well, appreciate you hopping on. Um, we'll have to do this again more often. We, we won't wait a year this time. We'll, we'll get you back on to your baseball <laughs> season, and uh, we'll, we'll talk some fighting Tony Vitellos. Yeah, that sounds great. And I guess one other note I'll say, got to watch basketball practice again today. It's going to be really good. I think they're going to spend a lot of the year in the top five. So, uh, the fun's not not ending uh, with football season by any means, and we know once the, t- the fighting Tony Vitello is so there's going to be a lot of entertainment and a lot of fun as well. 100%. Absolutely. Thanks, Ron. We appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Have a good night. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll look for you Saturday on the field, too. Lime green shirt. Yeah. There we go. Lime, lime green shirt. I'll we're we're storming. Nice easy to spot me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Spend it. the night in uh, Athens County, Jill. Yeah, yeah that's no, fine. Exactly. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> All right, Have a good one. Appreciate it. See ya. We appreciate Ron hopping on. Fun. I know Landon said few and far between. Unfortunately, we'll get him on more often. Um, love the coverage he does, and appreciate the time he's given us and gave yeah, us. Yeah, go, go check his stuff out at Rocky Top Insider. He does a phenomenal job covering it's everything. I mean, blame that on yeah, Landon. Wait, what? We forgot to let him plug his stuff, so we'll blame that on Landon. And let yeah, that, that's my fault. Make up yeah, go, go check him out. He had a day um, today. He had you know. Media with uh, Tony Vitello, Josh Heupel. I don't know if Rick Barnes is probably in there too. I mean, he got he got everything today, and then hopped on our show. So we appreciate him doing that. Um, Joe, we haven't seen Joe yet. Joe, what is up? Joey Boots, boots on the ground. Give us the vibe. Did you campus. look like <laughs> a top ranked team in the country? That's what you just look like right now. <laughs> Dude, I wish I could. I wish I could say I felt that way. I don't know what I have, but your boy is hurt bad. We're 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 sick, sick. Dang, you probably have the flu like everyone else in Knoxville. I think it is the flu. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna come at you for not coming to the tailgate on Saturday, but I guess it's you're sick. I gotta kind of thank you for it. Yeah, I've been fighting hell all week, dude. It's been it's been bad. I'm, tomorrow's gonna be my update. I'm gonna force myself to be good by Saturday because I gotta have that energy. I can't be sick for the game day. Obviously, are are you going to the game? No, I got I got stuff I technically have to be in Knoxville for this weekend. Otherwise, I would totally be there front row on game day, camping out overnight just to be that one guy in Tennessee. I, I think it'd be cool if we just flooded like 
a thousand people in there and just camped them overnight. And we just, it looked like it was in Tennessee. But yeah, that would be fun. It's painted orange, baby. You heard Joe. Make it happen. Yeah, come on, guys. Yeah. I won't be there. I'm sorry. I wanted to. Yeah. Well, those ticket prices aren't really friendly either, so. They don't help. Yeah, good God. I mean, at some point, like, are, are, is everybody just going to stay home? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I understand, like, the demand that, that Tennessee, you know, when they're good, it gives off. But, I mean, I, I would never pay that. I'm sorry. Um, I'll well, pay that say for never. Natural, I'll pay that say. for national championship, <laughs> but I'm not paying that for a regular season game. Um, Alabama game, I don't know if I'd, I'd pay that for. You know, now, looking back now, yes, I would pay. I, I would have the outcome. Yeah, but yeah, for the chance of losing, I don't know if I'd pay that. Um, you tell me, I get to French the goalpost twice that night. I'm paying a lot of money. Oh, dude, that that goalpost has some diseases. Not for me. Not Landon. You got to preface that. Not for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. We made out multiple times. We kiss all the time. Just guys being dudes. Yeah, it's it's Matt all like it's all for fun. It's all for the balls, <laughs> you know. Somebody kissed Joe and got him sick. Yeah, <laughs> Who's Frenching you, Joe? Seriously. <laughs> Joe got it at the ball this weekend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the ball's close. It is. I think it opened under a new name, though. So we need to know that new name because uh, soon a generation ain't going to know what I mean when I say the ball, and that's very upsetting. That's upsetting. Oh, I can't remember what it is. It's I want to say Fridays, but that's that's what Uptown no. is now. It's something like oh uh, oh Uptown opened up under a new name. What'd you say? Uptown is yesterday's now, but Fridays is a bar. Fridays and Friday, Fridays is a bar in Nashville, isn't it? Yes, oh, yesterday's so. okay. And I was a little up. inebriated when I passed it the other day, so <laughs> I guess it could have been yesterday. Um, let's uh, what do we have? Oh, NIL, um, a little bit, not much. Uh, I think it is kind of a big deal that Danny White did endorse it today and, and mention the uh, Lady Vols Boost Herd Club and then Spire Sports Group. Um, I think that's that's big just because like having I think he's already always backed it, but like come out and say like this it, it just gives him more credibility. Um and I just think more backing that hey, we can do this, this, and this because we have the ADs back at this point. Yeah, I, I think it's great for just like not just kind of backing and the credit I mean the credibility because of the way the because of NIL is how it is and there's a lot of collectives you do need that backing to get the credibility so I think that's not that I'm not saying the others aren't credible I'm not like don't hear me wrong you still give your money who you want to give it to I think there's a lot of fans though that wanted direction if that's the right word and that gives them that so I think it's just going to bring more money potentially to all the collectives but to the student athletes overall yeah, I think they wanted it to be associated with the university. Now that it it, it is, um, you know. Oh, I, so I, the, it's associated with the university. Well, I mean, I, I guess the endorsement. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. That, okay. Um, I was about to say. I was about to ask because, like, if you're just sitting here asking money, you know, there there's stuff kind of like nil, like associated with nil. Um, right. out there for you know a bunch of different things, but it, it's hard for somebody to hone in and be like. 
you know, is this real? Am I, am I getting something out of it? Like, what is this actually going to? I I think it be like Danny White coming out and mentioning them by name definitely helps their case. In my opinion, like, like I would give, if I was giving money to that, which I will, um, (laughs) I would, I would definitely be more inclined to do it with somebody that's actually associated with the university. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's totally fair. I think that's most fans thoughts and feelings. Yeah. I think Um, you'll see a little bit more of, um, Maybe uh, what's the word? I'm incentivization for you know obviously donating to those things, especially if it's a little more connected to university, like just cooler opportunities and, and more things to have. Not not that the private collectives haven't already done that, but maybe just yeah. opening the door to more cool. Who knows? Yeah, I think you'll have more access because you do have that relationship with Danny White, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, college football. Uh, before we get to college football. Oh, sorry. What's your predictions? Oh, predictions. Damn. I forgot to get rhymes. Not if, um, you're, listening, if you're listening still, let's, let's hear it. Uh, if someone has a chat open, I do not. I, I like, I like a Matt, a resident dog fan of more important issues. Uh, I really like the 38-35 number. I'm going to go a little bit shorter than that. I think Tennessee has to hold um, – Georgia a few less. I, I like Tennessee 37-31. Um, I, I think Tennessee scores points. I think Georgia scores points. I think it I think it comes down to Georgia. I, I won't call it a defensive stop. I think it'll be kind of similar to the Florida game where it wasn't like they bowed up in the red zone. Um, you just didn't have enough gas to keep up with Tennessee. So, sure, the defense gets the credit, but I think that's more of the 15 seconds left, 60-yard bomb, something like that. Um or just, you know, stopped on their own uh, side of the field. So, yeah, I think it's a close game, but I think Tennessee has the most uh, firepower on the offensive side of the ball. 37-31. Sure. Yeah, I like uh, – I'm going 42-38 balls. Um, I think Tennessee gets in the 40s, and I kind of think they have to get into the 40s to win this game. Um, I know I mentioned that Kirby Smart's 2-9 and nine when a team scores 30 points. Um Here's the thing. We scored 52 against Alabama, 42 against Georgia. I like it. No Nolan Smith. I Like, they again, they just haven't played the offense that, that Tennessee has. They haven't played mm-hmm. anything like it up to this point. Um, even last year when they played Tennessee, and, and Tennessee had their, their way. I mean, Cedric Tillman, 10 catches, 200 yards, a touchdown. Um, so, you know, it – if you guard Cedric Tillman this time, and you forget Jalen Hyatt, who leads the nation in you know receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. So Amber McCoy, and then talk about the speed Mel of Squirrel White. Yeah, Mel Keaton. Um, Hendon Hooker can run the ball. So yeah, I mean it's it's a lot to handle. You know, it's I don't envy opposing defensive coaches at all. No, nope. I have boots on the ground. <clears throat> All right, so I mean, like, I I gotta be like smart in, in the way I do things. <laughs> First off, I want to say that Vegas has been wrong about Tennessee all year. They have no clue what they're talking about. So I think yeah, I don't the, understand it. I think the spread's a joke. Like I and I and normally I'm like if I was a neutral fan, I would look at this game and go, you know, eighty percent of the money is on Tennessee to cover as dogs, and probably bet sharp and just be like, all right, well I'm gonna go ahead and take um, Georgia with like no line movement or anything, but. 
Tennessee's a seven and one against the spread. And honestly, that Florida game was a little bit of a fluke. That was pretty much covered until whatever. But <laughs> while I do think if there is a game on, on our schedule that we looked at all year that was like we were like, you could beat Alabama. This was the Georgia game was definitely, definitely a hard one. That being said, I gotta be confident. I gotta trust that Tennessee is not only gonna cover the spread, but definitely win the money line. So I'm going 45, 34 balls. And I don't even All think right. I think we're have a higher lead going into the fourth quarter, but they get like a touchdown back. I want to take Tennessee minus eight. I wanted to just flip the flip the line and say Tennessee minus dude, eight. You're not sick, you're fine. I know, dude. I'm fired. <laughs> All right, we got a couple of balls by Fiddy in here from Dub himself. His real score prediction, 40-33 balls. I love it. I love it. Dude, if we beat Georgia and we score a 50-burger on them. The T-shirts are going to go crazy. I, I know I know. we we tweet out the, the Hail Marys and stuff all the time, but I will be unbearable. If Tennessee wins with a 50-burger, I will get 50 junior burgers from Pals. And so anybody that wants to dine in victory with me, 50 burger and a win, 50 burgers from pals, 49 of my closest friends. You're invited. And, and that'll be a 50 burger on Georgia and Alabama. When's the last time that's ever happened? Can't. Well, there's not many teams that get to say they play both of those. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I mean like Tennessee. Like, oh, has never. Tennessee ever done that? Oh, no. There's no chance. They've let up 50 burgers. On <laughs> No yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, at that point, you just sign whatever Josh Heupel wants to lock him in lifetime yeah, contract. Literally, right? like eighty million. I don't care. Just give it to him. <laughs> if he wins an Addy, you you got to do it. You sell your soul. Whatever you got to do. All <laughs> nil money goes to Josh Heupel. Whatever. Let's <laughs> not so get ahead of ourselves. That's why he's. Let's be honest. We got Josh Heupel at the right time. NIL transfer. I know Josh Heupel's done a great job. You can't detract from that. He's played the hand he's dealt. But are you giving Jeremy Pruitt credit? NIL and transfer portal are the opposite of Jeremy Pruitt. He no, I, I know, bags but, of money but, and, but you're saying we got him at the right time. So are you giving Jeremy Pruitt? You know, him for getting, getting fired. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am for losing to Kentucky and sticking with JG. This is thank all you for because us of Jeremy Pruitt. Out. We appreciate him so much. <laughs> Standing ovation for how bad yeah. Jeremy Pruitt was. Yeah. Led us to Josh Also, Heifel. like, if we're giving him credit, we got to give credit to Jared Garantano, too. JG, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Thank you so much for le- – Josh Dobbs, as much as I love him, he gave us extra years of Butch Jones. JG got Butch out of here and Pruitt out of here. He might be the most su- successful quarterback in QB history if Tennessee wins a national championship this year. He might be the most successful. Clip that. Also, <laughs> I don't know if we want to tweet that, but we're going to do it anyway. You have to lead off with why. Don't put no, me on an no, island. Just, you have just to. The, the clip no, of you saying JG is the most happy. successful quarterback. <laughs> if Tennessee wins a chip, do we put a statue of JG outside the stadium? I feel like we almost have to, right? Like I think you do, but I think you buy you you only pay as much as Jeremy Pruitt's money would buy you in in, right. in the statue. His buyout money that thing. you saved. You, you got to like do the number where if like you're looking at it a certain way, it turns to five for him and <laughs> um, But if you look at it another way, you know it turns to two for JG. So both of you all are for building statues for JG. Yes. Dude. Clip that. Clip it. <laughs> no context, but we're building we're building the statue. For JG. <laughs> and do one of Jeremy Pruitt grabbing JG by the face mask. That's what we need. 
Henry Tomotomo, two, if two birds with one stone, <laughs> we we have the JG and Jeremy Pruitt with him grabbing him by the face mask. That is the statue. I think you retire number 11, and then you let the fans decide. You don't say who for, Jalen Hyatt or Henry Tomotomo. Does well, Tennessee win? In, Tennessee's only won in Neyland in the last 15, 15 years with Henry Tomotomo on the opposing team. Uh, and they lost. I literally have a Henry Toto jersey that I put duct tape and put Hyatt. <laughs> I would get it for you, but it's in the garage. We need to get that fixed and get a Graham on the back. I think he had B Graham on his jersey. We need to get that done. B Graham. B dot Graham. I don't want you to text me today. Oh, we gave him with him. Uh, he he was asking about Saturday. Speaking of that, tell us where to tailgate because we're not setting up, I don't think. Um, I've got to buy my tickets from Missouri game because we gave those away in the Hacker Cup. Shout out to Tig. A lot of people didn't like that game. They were like, oh, that's the game you give us? How many of those people are spending 300 bucks for a pair of tickets this week? Maybe you should have. Maybe maybe if you were good at golf, you could have gotten in for free. <laughs> that was the last home game. Yeah, what about tickets for South Carolina too, Caleb? Well, we, we were in the club level. Oh, okay. Big yeah, we're, we're we're living large in, in Columbia. This is my vacation for the year. I didn't get to go on one. Um, so I'm you get to go a, to the South Carolina fair, Fairgrounds. Um, we're going to Hall's. We're going yeah. to Hall's Shop House. We already picked out our steaks on their menu. Okay, we've already done that. Yeah, and I'm going to get the uh, an old fashioned, and they've got uh, a Maker's Mark. Um, hey, can you stop trying to make them. it sound cool? Columbia is not cool. Uh, they do have a Hall's Chop House, and that place is phenomenal. Hall's. Here is, I'm not gonna say, say it, it, but say yeah, it, but say it. <laughs> halls doesn't have it. Fun fact. <laughs> Sorry if anybody's lives in halls right now. Yeah, we're just we're just poking fun. You know? I'm not, but I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But yeah, let us know where you're tailgating. Just out in Knoxville. Actually, don't because yeah. Well, you're, that would help your home value. Maybe yeah, but it's also more traffic, and you've locked um, in your interest rates. You're good. That's true. I have. Thank God. I mean, seven seventy five. That's seven point seven five is what the interest rate is right now. Shout out to Austin White. Give credit to him. Um, not on the interest rate. I don't. I mean, we can blame him on him if he'd like. Yeah, he is the Federal Reserve. <laughs> uh, but shout out to him for getting landed in a home on time. Yeah, on time for sure. Yeah, if you um, need any, if you need anything, give him a call. Um, he'll take care of you. Good dude. Yeah. Good realtor. Shout out Ham and Goodies also, uh, friend of the pod, giving us some cookies, best cookies in the world. Um, Joe, did you get cookies while you're at the tailgate? I think so. A little, little fuzzy on that memory. <laughs> I mean, I did you not, I would did you not have the best it. cookie of all time? I mean, it's, I do remember indulging on quite a delicious cookie. So, yeah. I think yeah. That's, so. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and I don't have It'll it on tonight. It helps bring back memory. Yeah. Exactly. That's facts. Uh, University Traditions, uh, my black hat I left in the car, and I wanted to wear a black hat tonight, um, so I'm sorry. But shout-out to University Traditions. Best hats. Um, Emily gets mad at me often when she sees me wearing a new one, but how can you not want to own every hat they have? Yeah. And it's almost Christmas season, too, and they've got just about every Southern state you need. I, need so like, you've got, I want a University Traditions like a, like a crew neck. I need one of those things. We'll, we'll, talk, to, we'll talk to Adam. We'll see what yeah. we can get. Yeah. That's fine. I just don't look like I love hats. I just don't always look great in them. You know, Caleb can always pull off a hat. I can. It depends on the day. My head's shaped weird. 
I want to pull off a toboggan like Joey Boots. He, you, you dude, said he looks like a number dude, one. It doesn't even cover the ears, dude. He's just a whole vibe. <laughs> I thought he looked like a, you said you said number one team. I thought he looked like a number one recruit. I thought we had someone coming on here to commit for a minute. Oh, dude. swag just drip five stars. I don't know who they were at all because again, it was a blur after the Alabama game. But I saw like quite a few commits, and I just like chewed them out. I was like, if you don't come here, I'm going. I was literally going crazy. I was like, <laughs> I really hope it wasn't. now they're not coming here because Joe. Yeah, it wasn't too much. Uh, I saw I, – I did see a couple of them on, on the field. I saw Caleb Herring. You can't miss him. I mean, he's massive. Um, but, yeah, no, I, did, I didn't yell out. I didn't say anything. <laughs> you were like a friendly. Like, it, was cool. like, it wasn't it – yeah. was, uh, it wasn't too impressive. He's still in college. He can, he can talk to recruits. It's not crazy. Right. He's not a 35-year-old guy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, what, orange I'm heart, not. orange heart, orange heart, orange heart. You look 35. Shut up. Oh, my. God. <laughs> uh college football. I yeah, didn't get the coastal. I didn't Dude, who cares? Over. Who cares? We're at top of college football, so yeah. this this shit doesn't matter. Irrelevant. I, I did place a hefty bet tonight on Aaron Gordon, first point three. I'm trying to pay for that South Carolina trip in full. It did not hit, boys. That would have been nice. Been, like the first three First first field goal, uh first basket score to Aaron Gordon three pointer was plus six sixty. So I took a swing. Damn. I mean, even just first first basket's pretty pretty elaborate, but making a three pointer, you know what? Got the balls. Um, you can just hammer Tennessee's money line this weekend and then like either way it's like, you know, you either got the, the funding for South Carolina or you just don't go and watch from the the depths. God dang it, Jamal Murray made a three-pointer first basket scored. There was a three-pointer. I just picked the wrong guy. I what those odds were. Couldn't have been as high. Aaron as Gordon does have 27 points. He, I was going to be so mad if he shot the first three and missed it. That would have that would have killed me. I would have fallen over dead. College football, I know you don't want to talk about it, but let's run through it real yeah, quick because there are some big games this week. I, we don't need to talk about it. The biggest game's happening in Athens, and we'll be watching. Everyone will be watching. Um, I'll just mention App State, Coastal Carolina, 21-14 right now. Um, the other games, UTEP and Rice, 27-20 Rice. Tennessee, Georgia, obviously 3.30 p.m. Georgia's still an eight-point favorite. College game day's coming. Luke Bryan, is, is, I mean, is he just the worst? I hate him. I can't stand him. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. He's like none of his songs are good. Like he's just have you seen him like try to dance? Oh my god. It's so cringy. I will say that he's got catchy songs. Like it's not like good country, but when I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's like a fun, catchy song. I went to the concert in Knoxville and like Shake it more He does that like how old is he? He's like what? He's in his mid forties, right? He's too old to be doing those now, yeah. He's yeah. doing, like, this almost, like, twerking. Like, he's, like, shaking his ass for the crowd, and, like, the camera zooms in on all these girls. are like, oh, my God. I'm like, dude, you're, like, pulling, like, some Justin Bieber type shit. You're, you're 45 years old or something like that. Like, you don't – he's wearing, like, the tightest jeans in the world. Just, yeah, he brought – um, was it Nelly, I think, on one time? And he was, like, dancing like this. Yeah. Oh, my he's, God. He's built his brand. That's for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, he sucks. I love it. <laughs> Did he he's, even go to Georgia? I think I he's from Georgia, I believe. I don't know if he went to Georgia. I feel like he's I done mean, college we, we game day there Manning before. And they got Luke Bryan. <laughs> Didn't, haven't they done college game day there before? Am I crazy? He went to Georgia Southern. It's not even like relevant. That, that's Southern Georgia. Athens is in North Georgia. I know you got to struggle with geography. It's, the water is ours. It's in our state. You aren't getting it. Southern yeah. Georgia is South Georgia. Or Why Georgia didn't Southern they get a uh, po- new politician Herschel Walker on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. He would have been texting your mom before he got on stage. Vote yeah, <laughs> he texts my mom all the time trying to get her to vote. I guess she's an easy target. I don't know. I, I texted a political candidate. I've gotten, I have gotten. don't know if y'all have gotten a ton of texts. I texted one. I responded. I said, if I get one more message from this campaign – to make sure they never win as much as a PTO election ever. And they just responded and said, stop messaging me. Like the I got one that response. it was like, um, vote vote for this guy and keep um, keep Donald Trump out of office. And I was like, I was like, I mean, I don't care which way you vote, but I wouldn't just sit here and take credit for Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my question. Can you promise on that? Can you deliver on that promise? What are yeah. you going to do? guy my one vote is definitely going to make the difference <laughs> um running back through college football ohio state northwestern oh man come on texas tech tcu i'm only mentioning these because they're undefeated teams i want to note that um oh i do want to ask about kentucky missouri is chris i'm rodriguez taking playing? kentucky is chris rodriguez playing I, mean, I think kentucky probably still wins but they did lose to south carolina i know they were will levis ish will levis is yeah, I think when a pick-em game, I have the kind of unwritten rule to take the better quarterback if I'm going to bet it. And I got to say, he didn't look like it last week, but the perfect thing about last week, it was last week. And they played a really good defense, it turns out. Some are saying. Some are saying. Uh, Florida A&M. Florida and Texas A&M, not Florida A&M. Who are we taking? A&M, three-point favorites at home. Pick them game, pretty much. Those are two bad teams. Yeah, we don't bet on bad teams. Good point, right? <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah. <clears throat> let's – okay, so someone was talking about – I want to talk about Baylor, Oklahoma real quick because someone was saying – I can't remember the, the wording of the question, but it was like what Power 5 team is set up like the worst for the future, I, I guess is how – essentially the question. Is it not Oklahoma right now? As far as people who have teams who have coaches, because Nebraska, Auburn, definitely up in the air. If they make a good hire, it changes the outlook. Is it Oklahoma? I guess if you're talking about like a team that was in like being a contender that's kind of fallen off, is that is that kind of what you're pointing toward? Well, who has the best kind of who has the worst outlook for the future? The reason I think Oklahoma is because you have what? two more years to win your conference and get into a college football playoff to to have it easy. Because when you go to the SEC, Oklahoma is going to, at least in the first year or two, I don't think they're going to be competing for a title. And then you get in the struggle of recruiting and getting the right guys on campus after that, and it's a toss-up. Yeah, because if, if guys like are dead set on getting going to the SEC – cool like you might have a better chance getting some like california guys but 
you know, you're not getting those guys out of Georgia and Texas uh, becomes more, even more difficult now. Florida, yeah, I, I just, you know, recruiting out there, I think is going to be really difficult for them. Yeah, so I and Venables just doesn't look good. I mean, doesn't look terrible. But I, I mean, I think that's the thing with A and M. A and M has the money if they go fire Jimbo Fisher. And another thing going for Jimbo Fisher is he has won before. Again, if I'm betting, I wouldn't take him to turn the A&M around. But I don't think A&M's outlook is – a lot of people want to fret about the money and getting out of that. If A&M wants to fire him, they'll pay the money. Yeah, and the thing about Brent Venables that kills me is, like, the, the get-back coach thing was cool when I first saw it. Like, I thought it was funny. But now it's like either he's just, like, the biggest ass of all time or he's just a moron. Like, just move. <laughs> it's I, not hard. I, I hate the get-back coach and what it's become because at what point does a grown man not able to know where he's at on the field? And I'm not saying it's every yeah, exactly. ball coach. That's what I'm saying. Step out on the field and, and make your call. You get some leeway with the refs. But if you need a guy pulling out your belt loop every single play, you're immature. Yeah. Josh Heupel could never <laughs> – he is on. The, he go, He works his way down the sideline, though. He well, he's scared to death that uh, Mike Eckler's going to try to get him back, and he's Probably. like, "I don't want any part of that guy." But he'll, dude, he'll he'll walk down to the ten yard line. He don't give an f. It's yeah. hilarious. And uh, my favorite thing though is when Mark Stoops, and this pissed me off with Reese and Kirk. Uh, Mark Stoops is complaining as I think it was the third quarter, the fourth quarter. They were letting the play clock expire to take it to the next quarter. And Josh Heupel, it might have been first or second, is on the field. I mean, he's at the numbers, just letting the play clock run out. And Mark Stoops is losing his mind about it. And, Josh, I mean, Josh turns to the ref. He's like, we're letting the play clock expire. And then Kirk and Reese are like, yeah, you can't do that. Dude, people walk out on the field at the end of games with 38 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. And that two with a quarter expiring, come on. Let's, let's have some sense about ourselves. And Mark Stoops about has a stroke over it. He wet his khakis. They're way too dark brown to put on a statue now. It's just yes, His hairline went back even further. It was amazing. <laughs> it was fun to see him pitch a fit over the dumbest thing ever. Um, Baylor, Oklahoma, though, don't bet on bad teams, but I would take Oklahoma if, I'm, if I had to. Yeah, is that is that minus three and a half? Yeah. Um, dude, I, I think Alabama LSU could be a good game. I'm excited for that game, and then we get to watch it. It's it's right after Tennessee, uh, Georgia, so I, I'm really excited for that game. Yeah, the loser of Tennessee's bowl. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the implications too. Notre Dame yeah. Clemson. That could be a big game too. If Notre Dame upsets. God, what is the under forty four? God. Take it. <laughs> Those teams suck so much. Uh, what happened? What would? How awesome would it be if Greg Schiano somehow beat Michigan? I mean, he won't. I kind of, I kind of, I'm kind of thinking about taking Notre Dame in that game. How are you? Apparently, the weather's supposed to be bad in South Bend. I saw Clemson fans trying to act like DJ Ungulele. How do you say his name? I'm so sorry. How bad I butchered that. Uwe Ungulele. Uwe Ungulele. There's a Leia in there. Anyways. Trying to float his name out for a Heisman candidate. Get out of here. Just get out. That? What? I mean, Clemson fans, the absurd, not all Austin, not all, not all Clemson fans. Um, just some were trying to float his name out for a Heisman. No. Sure. Why not? I mean, uh, just give them out, you know? Yeah. Trigger treat. Um, 
Texas, Kansas State. I don't know if Adrian Martinez plays, but I kind of like it Texas looks, minus two it looks, and a half. Really, it looks like it may not matter. I mean, they look good without him. Yeah. I think I'm going to take Texas, though. Okay. All right. Uh, Wake Forest, NC State. What's that over? I feel like NC State's been handed some high overs. Are either you, one of them you, you won the Wake Forest over, right? I know it was in a parlay, but you did hit the, the Wake Forest over hit last week, right? Yeah. Okay. So you're just going to take it by itself this week, right? Yeah. Okay. What is? Have you found it? Um, I think it was fifty something. Oh, that's yeah. We'll take that. We'll do that for sure. What time is that game? Uh, it's night game, eight p.m. Oh, I'm gonna have to go two TVs in the living room tomorrow. Hell yeah! I think I'm gonna go watch the UT game somewhere. So if anybody, Johnson City, I won't drive far. Johnson City. How about you come to Knoxville and we'll watch it together? I, I, no, sorry. I'm out. Damn you. I'm out. Um, it's at 54. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Uh, South Carolina, Vandy. Seven, South Carolina has to win by seven, right? right. Dude, it's, it seems like free money. I'm taking South Carolina, Kentucky, and I think I'm taking – Beamer ball. Way Forest over. Um, and I need one more to make it odd. What about Louisville um, over James Madison? You would think I just, Louisville's not good, but I think Malik Cunningham's enough to win by a touchdown. It is seven and a half, though. Yeah, you can buy. You can buy half. Okay, it'd be like That's minus one twenty. Um, I do like uh, Michigan to cover twenty six. I wouldn't put it in a parlay, but I like Michigan to cover twenty six versus Rutgers. I wouldn't put it in a parlay. Just to be clear. Play by itself. That's one of those where, like, you, you put a big, like, a big spread, like you bet that, and then you look up, like, in the first quarter, and they're down seven to nothing. That's just the well, they worst. cover, baby. They always it's, cover. It's just the worst feeling in the yeah. world when your your team is down that you that you have a huge spread on. I feel like it always happens. Right. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the Alabama LSU spread? I know we didn't, I know we talked about that game for a brief minute. Thirteen. 13 and a half. I just, I mean, Jay Daniels is playing good, play good at Florida, play good at uh, Ole Miss. I just, this, I know Alabama's defense looked pedestrian against Tennessee, but other I'm than I'm not trying to make it 14. I just don't know how good, and take LSU to cover. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like it also could be if Alabama gets to Jaden Daniels, if they make a if they get a turnover in the back end. Yeah, I'm probably staying away from that. Get game. away, yeah. That's my that's my, I want to take LSU to cover. I think LSU covers, but They're I think there's a play. yeah, there's a way that game gets out of hand. Yeah, I would stay away from that one personally. Just with notoriously Alabama off a loss and then off a bye week, I'm pretty sure is just probably not. Even though you know, obviously it's in Baton Rouge. Is a night oh. game in Death Valley. They said that 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. game is different. Prove it. This is your week to prove it. 60 minutes, LSU fans. This would have been a good game to go to. We talked about going back to Baton Rouge for a game. Night game. I wonder what the ticket price is on I was, this I was looking up that right now. It doesn't show you on your phone. I don't think. Oh, yeah. Low is 120. That's not bad. That isn't bad. Can't, like, I, <laughs> why can't that be Tennessee? That makes... That makes me so mad. I don't know if there is a uh, – I don't know if there's a bad seat in Baton Rouge. I thought it was a – I didn't like the stadium layout, but our seats were probably, quote-unquote, some of the worst there. 
and they were awesome. Yeah, I love it. Um, Garrett Thompson, what are the keys to victory this weekend? Let me tell you, Garrett. This is how you do showbiz. Friday night we'll do a uh, – well, maybe. We'll talk about doing a Friday night uh, little pregame, and we'll do it there. Come back for more. You have to get on Twitter. That was a comment from Facebook. Ah. So you have to get on Twitter. But come back for more. We'll probably do a Friday or Saturday one. We normally do for away games. Yeah, we could probably do Saturday morning. Perfect. You want. I kind of want to. Yeah, let's do that. Um, one key I'm saying. No. Save it. What did I just say? Well, I mean, it's just. Preview. Win the, win the game. <laughs> I, I like that, yeah. yeah. Score, score more score, points than the other score. team. Yep. If Tennessee does that, I'm confident they win. Yeah. I mean, 90% of the time you win every game that you score more points than the other team. Yeah, hundred every time, 60% of the time. Yeah, for sure. So um, of the time it works all the time. Segments, just wash? Yeah, uh, I think we got to get out of here. We're going on 145, um, so we'll be friendly to you guys and let you go. We will be back, looks like, Saturday morning. We'll get that time out to you soon. Um, Garrett said make it a track meet. Yeah, I think Tennessee has got to – make Georgia play uh, out of their comfort zone, out of their style. I'm fired up for this week. Tennessee is your number one ranked team in the college football playoff. They may say it's early, but if the ranking didn't matter, and I know it doesn't matter come December, but if it didn't matter, Landon, they wouldn't put it out November 1st. So it matters. Um, guys, it's been great. We want to thank Ryan Shumpert one more time for coming on. Can't wait to get him back on. We said during baseball season, but I have a feeling this football season is going to last another month and a half, two months. So we may have to get him back on. Um, one more time during football season at least. We appreciate his time as always. It's been great. We appreciate yeah, thank, you all. Thanks again. Have a good Friday. Um, great weekend. It's all balls, baby. Yep. Go check out uh, our friend Austin White. you dare let a Georgia fan bark in your face. Just it's going to happen. Out. It's going to happen. Um, yeah, that uh, Ryan made that Athens County Jail not sound too bad. So yeah. just tell him, you know, Ryan, yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, guys, thanks again. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.